Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week when uh, President Meyer uh, from Concordia Seminary in St. Louis called to say that he and Diane were coming out to Maryland to see the kids and would be here at St. Andrew today, uh, my first impulse was to ask him to preach. Uh, But then I chickened out because I've already done that a time or two or three, four. And then I looked at this passage today about selling your possessions and increasing your offerings. And I thought, well, maybe I'll call him back. But I chickened out of that, too. Because getting aside, it's not a topic that I'm uncomfortable with, because after all, Jesus isn't. And uh, also because in the words of a man whose book I read this summer, money expresses our dedication more than any other material good, or as Jesus put it in both the Gospels of Luke and Matthew, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. And that is most certainly true when I think about things like college tuition and the mortgage, and a lot of other things as well. But when I read that passage, I also uh, thought about uh, a Lutheran man I read about some time ago whose uh, name was Ron Shermer, who lived in Escondido, California, and he was a very successful businessman and a a person of considerable wealth who uh, at one time in his life owned four Duesenbergs, uh, which is uh, a car, for those of you who may not be familiar and, uh, and yet the value of all those things evaporated from his life one day in a split second when the teenage son of Ron Shermer and his wife disappeared and went missing without any warning, leaving them in a state of unimaginable fear where they could not be comforted by the mansion they were living in, by the four Duesenbergs in the garage as the police launched their investigation day after day, week after week, month after month. Well, in the course of making his fortune, Ron Shermer uh, fell away from the church, but in the midst of all of this, his wife encouraged him one day to go to a men's prayer breakfast that was taking place at a local restaurant. You know, and the guy was just so broken that he just, he went. And when the time came to receive the prayer requests, a tearful Ron Shermer asked the guys at the breakfast to pray for the return of his son. And so they did. They prayed right there in the restaurant, 7.15 in the morning. Shermer leaves the restaurant. Uh, He goes about uh, his day such as he can, comes back home later in the afternoon, sees the light blinking on the home answering machine, hits play, and hears a voice that calls him dad and tells him that he's safe, he's with the police, and he'll be back in Escondido later that night. Now, you know, in addition to his emotional reaction, which you can just about imagine, what really hit Ron Shermer, like right in his heart, was that the timestamp on the answering machine following that call announced that it came in at 721 that morning when he and his guys were praying in the restaurant. That's the story. And I'm really not here to uh, use that as an illustration uh, of the power of prayer, which it certainly is and which I certainly believe in, although uh, not every prayer gets uh, answered exactly that way, as you already know. That's that's another sermon, but... uh, I share it with you today because in 1992, Ron Shermer sold his four Duesenbergs and some other 
of his possessions, and he started an organization called Pathways Lutheran Ministries, which was designed to help churches get stronger in serving broken and wounded people with the hope of Jesus Christ. And so having had this life-altering experience, this fallen away Lutheran turns a corner, sells his possessions, and increases his offerings. This man finally learns how to use the gifts that God has given to him as a successful businessman to give them right back to God for the glory of God, because now for him it was a matter of his heart. Conversely, you know, there's the pastor who went to the wealthiest member of his congregation one Sunday morning and asked him why, why he didn't give very much to the church. And, uh, and the guy said, well, pastor, you know, the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver, and that's as much as I can give and still be cheerful. <laughs> Don't be trying that on me. <laughs> Been at this 30 years after all. And so as the curtain rises on today's passage from Luke chapter 12, we have Jesus addressing what he refers to as his little flock, except that it was actually everything but little given Luke's report at the beginning of chapter 12, that it actually included thousands of people who were tripping all over each other, literally, in order to hear Jesus preach. And it's in that sermon that he calls those who would follow him to sell their possessions and increase their offerings, which he refers to as alms which, as you may or may not know, are offerings specifically designated for the needy and for the poor. And then he tells them to make these spiritual purses, like you know, handbags of faith that won't wear out and they'll, and they'll never go out of style. And then you know, comes the punchline, smack dab in the middle of the passage. And what I believe Ron Shermer finally learned through that life-changing experience that he had, that wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will also be. And the word heart in the New Testament is the Greek word cardia, which is where we get cardiac and cardiology and all those words. And then as you heard, it all continues uh, to the end of the passage with these two very short parables. Uh, one about a man who comes home at night from a wedding banquet and he finds his servants dressed for action with the lights burning brightly in the house. And that's because in the wardrobe of the first century, if you were a household worker, you would pull up your tunic and you would tie the excess around your waist and make it just a little bit shorter so that you could run or walk or get to work more easily without getting tripped up in your work. And because one of the jobs of that first century household worker was also to keep all the lamps throughout the house filled with an adequate supply of oil so that they did not go out during the various watches of the night. And, and the people Jesus was talking to in Luke chapter 12, they would have been just tracking very easily with all of that. And then the second one has to do uh, with the owner of the house just keeping watch so that a thief does not come and nobody goes missing. And both of those, of course, are illustrations that call us to be spiritually aware of everything that happens in our life and to look at what we do in our homes, in our works, with our treasures, with our monies, with our financing in the context of Jesus Christ and the coming of the Son of Man into our lives. Because as I said last Sunday, you know, when you do that, when you look at your life, you know, beginning, middle, end, every day in the context of Jesus, that's when everything changes. 
But of course, it begins, at least this passage certainly begins with a life-changing experience that causes all those behaviors happen, to happen. And, and that life-changing experience, that life-altering experience is captured when Jesus says to that not-so-little flock, don't be afraid. You know, don't be afraid of being right with God. Don't be afraid of what may come you know, your way in your life. Don't be afraid because your Father has chosen to give you the kingdom, and that is the grace of God. That is the reign of love under which you stand. That is the presence of the Son who comes to make his home with you so that you can hear his voice and be forever changed no matter what's coming your way, no matter what you happen to be afraid of. And so, you know, there's some things going on in this passage today, you know, quite frankly, that are easy for us to, to maybe miss or take for granted, but that I believe absolutely blew the minds of those in that not-so-little flock who were listening to Jesus that day. Like the fact that you really, really don't get right with God through your offerings. You make your offerings because you've already been made right with God. See, Jesus just blows up their whole way of thinking, turns it all inside out. You don't get a place in the kingdom by going to the temple and paying the tax and making a sacrifice. You get a place in the kingdom because God's happy to give it to you, and you get it through the grace of Jesus. Or look at the parable. I mean, you know, Talk about a mind-blowing thing. Easy to miss. But look at what happens when the master comes home from the banquet. What does he do? He tightens his belt. He sits the servants down at his table, and he serves them. What? That is not the way it went in the first century. That is not the way slaves and servants interacted with each other. This was a stunning reversal to the not-so-little flock who was there listening to the Lord of life. But this is the story of Jesus who wants you to know about a master who comes and takes the position of a servant so that the servants can come to the table of the master. And so, uh, I don't know if you thought about this, but you know, most commentators agree that Jesus probably wasn't uh, telling you that uh, you, you got to go home today and put a for sale sign on your house or you know, hawk the car or sell every single thing you have and enter into poverty. Uh, and, and as some have done, like St. Francis and, and, and others have actually done, but, you know, that he's really talking about priorities. He's talking about perspective. He's talking about an attitude or a point of view that says, you know, if I look at my stuff, my finances, my possessions, only for my pleasure, only for my comfort, only for me, you know, that's when I really need to be afraid. What a reversal. That's when I need to be afraid because all of that will go in the end. But when I think of it as the provisions of God entrusted to my care, 
And I look at every single bit of it, my home, my work, my life, my money, my family, my everything, as tools in my hands from the God of grace to be used for his glory. And, you know, that can include, you know, mortgage payments and college tuition and a lot of other things. When that's the way I see it, by the grace of God, then everything changes and everything has a whole brand new look. And that's when I fulfill my purpose, my destiny, my baptism, my ministry for the glory of God when that's in my heart, when he's my real treasure. You know, last weekend, uh, as many of you know, I rejoiced uh, that uh, a young man uh, was baptized by yours truly here last weekend on his 16th birthday. And that's because uh, what was in Alex's heart, what Alec wanted, uh, was to be baptized, to have his spiritual birthday take place on his natural, physical birthday. That, that, that's what he treasured, and so that's, that's the way it happened last weekend, on Saturday. And then uh, during the course of this last week, you know, I was visited uh, here at the church by uh, a 19-year-old young woman. And I've been corresponding with uh, Catherine, emailing her back and forth, you know, because she's been away at college. I've met with her, I've done some teaching with her, uh, talked with her, prayed with her, sent her some books and materials about the faith. And uh, uh, finally she came to the office and we sat down and she said, you know, how do I join our church? And I said, well, you know, we have a group coming in later this fall and you can be part of that group. And she said, well, okay. Uh, but I really won't be there because I'm going back to school in a couple of weeks. And uh, I looked at her and I said, Catherine, how would you like to join the church this coming Sunday? Uh, she said yes before I got done saying Sunday. And uh, so uh, later today at our 11 o'clock service in a class by herself, we're going to bring Catherine Martinez into the family of God here at St. Andrew because that's what's in her heart. That's what she treasures. She wants to go back to school knowing that she has a place in this family of the living God, knowing that whatever she encounters, whatever she ends up afraid of, the living God in this congregation, they've got her back. That's what she treasures, and that's what's going to happen on this very day. Hey, I don't know what you're afraid of. I don't know what you got coming at your life. But today's passage from Luke chapter 12 is about the blessedness of serving God in the midst of it, through all of it, in your home, in your work, your possessions, through your family, your relationships, all for the glory of God. But first, before that, this passage today is about the blessing of being served by him by the son who comes home to gather his family one more time today right here at the table and to let you know that whoever you are, wherever you've been, whatever's happened, whatever you're afraid of, you are part of the family. You have a place in the kingdom of God and that kingdom is ours forever because what's in his heart is you. His treasure is you. And that'll never wear out. And it's never going to change. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.